Hi! Welcome to Modern Medieval, the podcast. Welcome back! <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> well, welcome. And welcome to 2021. Yes. I'm Ello. And I'm Megan. And in case you've missed us last year, this is a podcast where we chat modern and medieval things yeah. mixed together. <laughs> and a lot of it is modern <laughs> very modern disney films television series movies and then sometimes we'll get some scholarly work in there some yeah. books or essays also things that just exist in the world around you we've had conversations about you know downtown london and the british library and st yeah. station so oh, what a year yeah it's weird that it's over because it just everything feels the same which indeed of course it does I mean it's just a name for the transition of hours you know for a calendar but yeah it's I sent an email the other day and I put 2020 in it because it's just like yeah it's like you know in school when you would have to write down the change of the year I was gonna say that (laughs) but it feels extra intense right now because What a world. What has the last nine months been? Yeah. (laughs) That's not even. uh, And then already 2021's been kind of a what the fuck year. But we're going to try to make it fun and entertaining this first round. Yes. Um, So we had intended to speak about Christmas films that related to the medieval um, and we will briefly talk about that, but we will also speak about the world. Yeah, today is definitely much more of a us getting back into the rhythm of things, and yeah. you're just kind of along for the audio ride. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> we hope that you, uh, yeah, are enjoy it, but maybe it'll kind of get you back in the modern medieval zone. Yes, indeed. So I guess let's start with like holidays and kind of catch up about that since that was the furthest away and then we can kind of progress into the more immediate moment yes cool okay ello why don't you go because the all right the holiday movie thing was a bit more your idea yeah so i watched the night before christmas um spelt night as in a night yeah can they get yeah night (laughs) um (laughs) Because I stumbled upon the Vanessa Hudgen and Brad Crevoy um, film. On Netflix. Was, yeah, on Netflix, which is just clearly a very basic rom-com Christmas feel-good film. But on top of that, you have a knight who comes from time travels from the 13th century, 14th century Norwich and goes on his nightly quest and you know, and ends up no sp- big spoiler alert. He ends up trying to his quest is to find love, and you know he ends up in the twenty first century and falls in love with Vanessa Hudgens and happily does, ever after. How does he travel through time? Like, is there a witch? He a, yeah, he meets a witch, and the witch says, "Oh, your quest is all wrong. Your real quest." And she gives him a riddle, and then sends him to the twenty first century. Anyway, kind of basic storyline and nothing that you haven't watched before. But what was interesting was like the clear contrast between, you know, the modern and the medieval clashing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'd have him speaking in old English or some what's supposed to be old English, but actually wasn't. And, you know, his encounter with like Netflix and like, you know, American reality TV and burgers and yeah being you know and and then you'd have like things where you could see that they were trying to replicate his morals like medieval knightly morals with 21st century and that kind of thing clashing right like the chivalric code alongside feminism or something exactly like things like that obviously much more (laughs) low-key yeah I remember you like kept saying oh I watched it we should talk about it and I had it up on Netflix, like the home button to watch it. And I just Fair enough. not able to. Part of it is just uh, <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens. I am not the biggest fan. 
I loved High School Musical. Like, don't get me wrong. Growing up, that was like my moment of time. Yeah, mine too. (laughs) Great. Well, I think I've only seen the first two. I don't think I ever actually saw the third one or the movie, but I was like into, you know, I never owned paraphernalia, but it's like, I knew the songs. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I saw Vanessa Hudgens recently, you know, I was trying to avoid her. And then the movie I chose that night to watch instead of Night Before Christmas was The Frozen Ground with Nicolas Cage and John Cusack, who are two of my absolute favorite movie actors. And it's about um, a serial killer. It's based off a true story in Alaska. And uh, fucking Vanessa Hudgens is like this angsty teen in it. And I was just like, fuck me, man. Give me a break. (laughs) I can't. Uh, She's very loud. It's just like, she's not that good of an actress. And then there's just something about like a sass with her. But not in a good way where I'm like, yeah, you're strong and empowered or whatever. I'm just like, don't buy it. Stop trying. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just my opinion. You could love her. Good for you. You know, I don't really care. I don't dislike, don't have any thoughts on her. She's one of those people, right? Where like, I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, so I didn't watch it this holiday season. I didn't watch a whole lot of holiday films this year, though, to be uh, fair. I, I mean, didn't either. I don't either. I usually stay away because I find them cheesy and boring. Oh, see, like, I love holiday films. Mm. I kind of love the formula with them. I mm. watched uh, Happiest Season, the new Clea Duvall film that stars Kristen Stewart and uh, Mackenzie Davis in it as a lesbian couple so it's like a first openly queer holiday film and yeah. like uh victor garber in it as the dad um i can't recall her name but she's the mom in elf but she's in it and like she's, she's i know she's married to ted danson and um uh, what's her name she's in glow and she does the voice a voice in bojack horseman and she's married to james franco's little brother uh, i'm gonna have to look it up i Let's see, happiest season. I can't, it's like I love her and stuff, and I just can't ever get it right. Um, so the mom is Mary Steenburgen, mm-hmm. uh, Allison Breeze, who I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Dan Levy's in the film, and mm-hmm. like Aubrey Plaza's in it. Mm-hmm. And she's, her and Kristen Stewart are hot in this film, <laughs> like babes. And she, I, I feel like, you know, Kristen Stewart got so much hate before, but actually she's quite cool. I've always loved her. Really? I've always loved Kristen Stewart. No way. Even when people were like hating on her, I was like, no, I like her. I love her in Adventureland with she's just uh, like, she's got Jessica that Eisenberg. Kind of, she's got that kind of look where I can understand when people find her plain, but actually... In her attitude, she's really not. She's really like sassy. Yeah, she's very edgy, and I yeah. just I love that. And she really just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, that's kind of her thing. Like I feel like she just does what makes her happy, and I really and it has always been like that. And I do respect mm-hmm. that. And then she plays on you know like the androgyny of like her body figure because she's very straight, very yeah. thin, long limbed. Um, yeah. and she works it but no Happiest Season was really funny I actually watched it twice mm. you know and then classics like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Elf yeah. um, and then I always watched The Lord of the Rings during the holidays so that was kind of my medieval yeah yeah vibe which we will still have to talk about those someday indeed um, and then I watched The Mandalorian which I know we've also talked in the past about mm how Star Wars is, you know, it's a space opera, but it also has, like, medieval elements, specifically, or especially, if not specifically, with the Jedi as this kind of futuristic, monastic group, and then the balance, of course, of light and dark, good and bad. But, yeah, Night Before Christmas, I will eventually have to watch it. I mean, it's quite an interesting film, because... You know, especially for us, where we kind of bang on about, you know, the influence of the medieval and the modern and the, the, the modern traits in the medieval and all of that. It was quite interesting to watch. I mean, very cheesy, obviously. Like, it was right. a recipe film. 
you know, you know what the outcome is. Yeah. But like in the day to day, it was interesting. So like, I'm going to spoil, can I spoil this? Oh yeah, go for it. So like, for example, he's a knight, right? This guy Mm -hmm. and slowly, slowly the big like culture shock happens right away and he's no idea what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He has to complete his quest before Christmas Eve. Um, in order for it to come true and blah 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 and you have like things like you know as he adapts to 21st century culture and like how it works and everything and phones and cars and all that kind of thing they realize that he could be a policeman because his role is similar to what the police a policeman is which yeah to to be fair in like america is quite in this moment in time, it's quite problematic, I think, because obviously, like, nights probably... Yeah. Like, well, this I film mean, came out two years ago. It wasn't yeah, two years yeah. So this is kind of before the whole... Yeah. Big Black Lives Matter, which went along with, you know... Yeah. So, sorry, so, continue. But, yeah, this yes. time-wise, it's a little bit before that. Still problematic, but... Yeah, not. yeah. So, yeah, it's two, released 2019. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. last... Christmas and so you know it's nothing it's nothing spectacular but it's definitely interesting if you're interested in you know what we chat about and want like a concrete example that's a concrete example a very cheesy example but like Mm -hmm. one nonetheless um and so I thought it'd be interesting but yeah nothing nothing spectacular (laughs) (laughs) I mean for the sake of the podcast I should have watched it but I just was like yeah I know but to be fair like it's been a shitty week well, then also, we probably would have just heard me bitching about the whole movie, <laughs> which I which would have been really funny, to be probably. fair. It just, to me, it sounds, you know, like Encino Man, the film with yeah. Brendan Fraser and Sean Astin. I know that outside America, it's called um, California Man, because something about Encino, like people didn't get that, because Encino is a city in California, mm. you know, Polly Shore's in it. And it's about a caveman who gets frozen in time and then is discovered in the backyard of this teenager, Sean Astin, and his friend, who's Polly Shore, because uh, they're digging a pool in the backyard. They, they come across this caveman, and it's Brennan Fraser, and, you know, he thaws out, and then it's about him, you know, like, what is his life and how Encino's yeah. kind of like an urban jungle, and, you know, there's like the big time high school football jock who like beats up the kids and stuff. And Brendan Fraser's character, they call him Link because he's the missing Link. He's a human Link. And so it sounds like very similar to that. I mean, this isn't exclusive to that film. I mean, that is kind of a a trope, but I feel like I just would have been like, Night Before Christmas is just ripping off Encino Man, which is, I love that film. It's a classic. I highly recommend watching it. Yeah. So Someday you'll get, I guess, that rant on my behalf. I bet there's funny I think it'll be really funny. I really Uh, can't wait. I just feel like I... But, you know, fair enough. Like, you don't want to start the year bitching. I think that's (laughs) that's a good... (laughs) I feel like I'm always bitching about things on the show, except for Buffy, where I'm like, it's amazing. (laughs) Um, Uh, Which we will For the sake of... Yeah, for the sake of argument, I think it'd be really funny to see you be like... Have someone be like, no... Buffy the Vampire Slayer crap I would destroy them <laughs> so hard oh I think it'd be so funny um if they destroyed Angel that's okay I finished uh, watching that which does have some like bizarre intense medieval moments in it mm. which as a medievalist I'm just like why mm. what anytime they need like oh, these people did this thing, like church, they're always in brown monks robes. And you can tell they're always the same robes, which for those of you who are like not religiously inclined whatsoever, different sects of Christianity wear different colored robes. So brown is with the white knots is Franciscan, you know, and there's like white, there's black. And it's just, it was just funny because it's like such a distillation of a medievalism or a medieval idea. Yeah. That it's, like hollow but it's immediately recognizable and so yeah sometimes I just sit there and I'm like nope why or they're fighting with broadswords and I'm like okay but realistically in this which I know sounds silly because it's like a show about demons and vampires and (laughs) all kinds of other things so you know (laughs) 
you pick your <laughs> choose what you bitch about. Um, oh, I really, you know, for sake of argument, I think we we should get someone who's watched it all and who would bitch about it. I think it'd be really funny, and I'll just moderate it. I or don't do that. Oh, please, yeah, any listener that does that and is willing to get into a, a very heated emotional oh, debate oh, with me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, yeah, put your oh, dudes up. Let's get to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you have, and also if you have any like medieval, yeah, anything at all, as always, films or anything, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure, especially holiday ones, since that's today, let us know. I did watch, um, it's produced by Dario Gento, but it wasn't, um, directed by him, it was directed by someone who like under studied for him and, um it's called la chiesa la chiesa the church yeah how would you pronounce in italian yeah you pronounce it perfectly which one though la chiesa chiesa okay so it's but it's from 1989 and i did tweet about it on my twitter and Mm -hmm. i'll just read you like what my blurb of it was because i feel like it was a pretty good one so the church co-written and directed by uh, michelle Sawabi and produced by dario argento is a wild, gothic-infused nightmare full of demonic possessions, mad priests, Teutonic knights, and gaudy yet satisfying horror. And I do recommend it if you're into campy horror or Argento films as a whole. Mm. um, Because this film is like Argento meets dark, like brutal medievalism and then does some LSD. (laughs) But I watched that over the holidays. So like that was a holiday film for me. It was Honestly, I think that's so funny. I really, I really like the fact that you watch horror movies. If I weren't so, such a, a scared little human, I'd want to watch them too. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I've only gotten into horror films really in the past few years. I was Don't you get afraid? With certain ones, like supernatural ones, uh, like The Conjuring or something, it freaks me out. Mm. Uh, I was really nervous to watch The Exorcist this summer because... How was that? Did you uh, sleep was, afterwards? I did. It's a, it's actually a really good film. I own it on DVD now. Um, like, it's just a really good film. Mm. I really enjoyed it. But I, for years, I put off watching it because as a child, I had a fear of being possessed by the devil. Like, mm. a sincere fear. Where yeah. I'd have to, like, look in the mirror and tell myself, like, you're not afraid. Because I heard that if... The devil knows you're afraid you'll get possessed. Oh. Um. <laughs> oh. Those awful things I, that one learns and then has to live with is horrible. Yeah, I had lots of like bizarre imaginative fears as a child, and that was one of them. I was also terrified of getting abducted by aliens. Oh. <laughs> you poor soul. It's okay. I've <laughs> since outgrown it. But... Another thing, do you watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? The the thing on Netflix? Netflix? Yeah, with Kiernan Shipka and Luke I've Cook. been wanting to watch that. Do you recommend it? I mean, I've watched it all. You should watch it because we could do an episode on that because they use medieval tropes and ideas of religion and sanctity mm. and damnation in it. Uh, I have a very tense relationship with it. Okay. Of not so much love, but like enjoy and then hate and get mm. under my skin and like my friends that have watched it also I'll just send them venting ranting messages mm. but yeah I do I mean since it's over now I do recommend watching it especially since you're a um a literature person if you've read yeah. any sort of tales of the weird hp lovecraft mm. you'll yeah, enjoy it because it's very inspired by that especially the last season I think it's too much so in my opinion but I know some people really admired it I watched it. I binged it all on New Year's Eve and mm. don't do that at the lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but no, watch it. Um, that would okay. be a good conversation to have. Yeah. In, I guess, less light news. I mean, yeah, still just, you know, cranky, moany Megan. But <laughs> uh, I just wanted us. Alliteration a... there. <laughs> yeah. Moany Megan, like moaning Myrtle. That's horrible. Don't call me that. I won't. For anyone that has any sort of connection to a smart device, knows about what happened in America this past week. Yes. 
you know, we had the Georgia runoff that concluded on January 5th mm-hmm. and um, the state surprisingly swung democratic. So now we have, yeah, right. That was so surprising. The house, the Senate and the presidency are now all democratic dominated. Uh, I think it is the house. One of them is a 50, 50, um, but then Kamala is the swing. So mm. democratic, which was not anticipated. I mean, it was a really tense runoff for Georgia, but the Democrats were not expecting to take yeah. it all. You know, prior to this, Trump was still trying to recall the election results and, you know, have the Electoral College turned over. And Arizona and Georgia were the two contentious states. And I don't know, Elo, if you... I watched it live. ...about the um, the phone call that Trump had with... yeah. Yeah, uh, the Georgia like yeah. secretary and stuff. With I read eleven thousand votes, right? Or yeah, he's 10, like 000. I just he's like I just need eleven thousand seven hundred eighty. Yeah, that's because one. the Democrats won by eleven thousand seven hundred and seventy nine. I didn't listen to it because I can't stand listening to Trump talk. Yeah, but no, he's terrible. Read it. I did read it, and you know that was bonkers. That whole it's thing. all insane. It's all insane. Like I don't understand. I know that it's not that surprising because America has been in this situation for a while and has been so for years. Maybe not so spokenly, but I still yeah. find it insane. It's just, I mean, that was such a blatant example of like coercion and corruption on behalf of you know Trump, and was just really you know, upsetting. It wasn't, again, it wasn't, yeah, like it wasn't surprising. But then, you know, we had the Georgia election, which, you know, it was later that evening, our time in the UK on Wednesday, when, when the Capitol was broken into by Trump supporters, because Trump gave a talk to like, like a rally, I guess you'd say, had some problematic rhetoric of like, we'll take it by force, etc, etc. And then, this crowd of like four or 500 all in, you know, pro Trump garb literally punched their way into the Capitol, like break, like breaking glass with gun butts. Um, there have been casualties. I think there's five now reported casualties as well as other injuries and casualties of Trump supporters, as well as like Capitol state police. And at first, you know, it was just called a riot. And then, as it was being reported, a lot of people were like, no, call this what it is. It's insurrection. Yeah, it's a it coup. Is, a golpe. Or, like, more than a coup, it is domestic terrorism. Yeah. Um, this has been... But it was planned. really interesting, because I watched... So, as it happened, James and I turned on um, CNN, mm-hmm. because obviously you can't turn on Fox News. And, no, no I, I, can't, I, I, I can't listen to it. And um, it was really like, you know, obviously everyone was still quite shocked and everyone was still listening to it. And then, you know, to uh, like to me, it, my, my mom watched it like until 4 a.m. And she said, like, the more time passed, like the more you could tell that the journalists were letting off like four yeah, years of yeah. anger. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that this event, like Trump's now banned off basically I know, finally. (laughs) Twitter started with it by suspending his account and then, like, permanently suspending it or banning him. And then it went through, like, Facebook. And I looked at something. It was actually from Fox News. It was a screenshot. I mean, everything. Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, all this stuff he's been banned from. So, first of all, there's the whole issue of why this happened, which is... Systemic racism, oppression, white privilege. It was just such an example of that. But also the rhetoric of, I remember when Trump won in 2016 and people that I know that are of the Republican Party who voted for Trump said, Trump won, suck it up. Even though Clinton won the popular vote, right? But then the Electoral College went to Trump because that system needs to be re-evaluated. It hasn't changed since like 1779. Now that Biden won both the electoral college and the popular vote, 
you know, there's this whole yeah, they should just suck it up. Of this was taken from us. There's been like illegal votes and corruption, and these states, Arizona and Georgia, which are Republican heavier, the officials of these states are saying, "No, we recounted everything. Nothing. There was no more issues than normal." We've watched the videos you are talking about and the versions you have are clearly modified or edited. And so there's just this, yeah, disconnect between, yeah, like they should suck it up. That's what they told us. But again, that's relinked to this like privilege and this expectation and this whole clusterfuck yeah. of everything. But the reason why I'm bringing this up more than anything, not to be, you know, like a political podcast or whatnot, but the idea of, so in the news, as you were saying, Elo, the journalists that were live and talking about it, yeah, like the later that the day went, the more that they started going, this isn't a riot, this is a coup, this isn't a coup, this is insurrection, this isn't an insurrection, this is domestic terrorism, and kind of all over the place, right? Yeah. And then the next day, when the like article had been submitted, you know, after a couple hours and gone through, uh, there was still the language of like riot or mob but nothing like domestic terrorism or yeah. the more extremes. And so not only is this like fucked up because the response to like the Black Lives Movement, yeah, which were peaceful protests that then yeah. were antagonized by people who dissented and talking to people who were like, well, the Black Lives protests burnt down cities and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that wasn't always their fault. They were pushed to that because you sent out SWAT teams So what do you expect's going to happen? These people didn't have weapons. When there was protests of Black Lives Matter at the state capitol, they made it up four steps before they were, like, turned away, like, aggressively. These people were able to just stand on the steps and do this whole thing. But the language (laughs) is really what is, I think, crucial. And also, for our sake, kind of, I want us to have a conversation about, yeah, I think it's thought-provoking. So for those of you who, like, don't know what a uh, coup d'etat is, like, the definition of it, I mean, it's obviously it's like a French word, but it's a sudden or decisive exercise of force in politics, especially the violent overthrow or alteration of an existing government by a small group. Perhaps the most famous coup d'etat would be Napoleon in yeah. the 1800s. That's kind of like a quintessential example. But what occurred at the United States Capitol on Wednesday was not a coup d'etat. It's a hard word. It's like a tongue twister for me. If anything, it's like a self-coup. But it's not an overturning of the state. because rejecting it, kind of. Yeah. I mean, this this instance that happened is anti-democratic on all levels. Yeah. And it's really showing that, yeah, the people that believe this in the Republican Party have lost what their platform was, which was democracy, that yeah. has, like, ceased to exist, which yeah. is ironic because then they say that America is, like, America, land of the free, home of the brave because of democracy. And it's this really fucked up, weird, warped whole pigeonhole thing. But so with this, I thought, okay, well, what are examples? Like a medieval or antiquarian, et cetera, of like coup d'etats that we're familiar with. So the first one, and I'll just kind of, is like an, another example that's very famous. It is um, pre-Christian, so BC, before the Common Era. And an example is Julius Caesar in 49 BC, yep. uh, crossing the Rubicon, heading into Rome and taking control of the government, and pronouncing himself, quote, dictator in perpetuity end quote. And then we know that, you know, five years later on the Ards March, which is March 15th, Julius Mm. Caesar is assassinated by members of the Roman Senate. Uh, However, the conspirators of Julius Caesar to like kill him didn't take control of the Roman Republic. The power eventually went to the second triumvirate of Caesar's supporters. But that's like an example of a different type of coup d'etat. Again, incredibly like violent. I mean, murdering somebody. But medieval ones, the LO, the first one is one that you should be familiar with because of our podcast, is in 1327, 
Mm-hmm. And it's Queen Isabella of France overthrowing her husband, Edward II. Oh, and yeah. becoming regent for their son, Edward III, with her lover and co-regent, Roger Mortimer. Oh, my God. So we watched Derek German's Edward II in our class. Yes. Thanks, Bob. Uh, Hi, Bob. We miss you. <laughs> we love you. But so that's another example, like a coup d'etat, a, a, you know, very behind the scenes plotting and then overthrowing of the person in power. Yeah. And something with this that I think we need to keep in mind is, again, this is pre what we think of democracy today. Yeah. America is a democratic republic. It's not 100% of a democracy. That, again, the Electoral College proves that. Mm. The Isabella one's interesting because, you know, as we, we talked about in class with Bob, we studied it, you know, it's based off a Shakespeare play. So there's this kind of romanticization of it, even though it's a problematic situation. Yeah. And Isabella of France is considered, you know, like a she-wolf of history, like a really strong, powerful woman who took control of the situation. Yeah. And yet it's also, I mean, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page, but it's a coup d'etat. Yeah. And I guess just thinking of that alongside what happened in our contemporary time, like, I guess just trying to purse out those differences. Yeah. Um, I mean, another example that people will be familiar with is in 1567, so Tudor times, Protestant rebels arresting Mary, Queen of Scots mm-hmm. and forcing her to, uh, to sign and abdicate the throne on the 24th of July, 1567, in favor of the infant James VI, and to appoint her illegitimate, illegitimate half-brother, James Stuart, Earl Moray, as regent. Mm-hmm. We just a year ago had Mary, Queen of Scots, the film, come out with Sarah uh, Ronan and Margot Robbie as Queen Elizabeth yeah. and Margaret, Queen of Scots. Yeah. Again... I'm realizing now that these are like strong yeah. women, but which was not intentional. No. <laughs> but that's another example that people are familiar with. Yeah. Another British one, because we learned a lot of these in America, and then you're, I'm assuming, familiar with yeah. British ones, and we're both in England. So <laughs> um, I have like, you know, two more. 1653, on April 20th, Oliver Cromwell and 40 mm. musketeers under the command of Charles Worsley enter the House of Commons and forcibly dissolve the rump parliament with Cromwell becoming Lord Protector and instigating a military state. And I think that one may be kind of the closest in tone because Cromwell is historically and notoriously known as like a vicious quote-unquote Lord Protector. I mean, that was his name. And this idea of completely and violently taking over the government, the monarchy. But the one that I think is perhaps most famous, and this is the one I really want to like talk about, mm. is Guy Fawkes. Yes. So this is 1605. Sorry, I went back a little bit from Cromwell. But uh, 1605, November 5th, a group of provincial English Catholics led by Guy Fawkes attempt to kill King James I mm. and much of the Protestant aristocracy by blowing up the Houses of Parliament during the state opening of Parliament. Yeah. So this was also something that has become very romanticized and really interesting history, both in America and the UK, um, particularly because of the film that came out, V for Vendetta, where he wears the Guy Fawkes mask which has become yeah. kind of like a, a symbol of anarchy or yeah, I haven't watched it government. actually. So. I have to rewatch it. I've only seen it once. And mm. is it good? It's good. It's, I know some people who like love that film. So when I watched it, I was a little underwhelmed, but it was yeah. still good. Yeah. But you know, I mean, that film is such an iconic example of like throwing over capitalism and throwing over you know Mm. politics as it is and I guess I'm just trying to think of why that is encouraged and then this coup which was equally as violent and problematic 
is so it bad. It wasn't, yeah. And I'm not trying to defend by any means what happened on Wednesday. It, no. it is not an expression of free speech. It is fascism. It is hatred. Yeah. It is bigotry. Yeah. It is repulsive. But we have these examples that one could consider equally as charged, emotional, problematic, etc. But they live on in history in ways that are more positive and negative. Whereas this, I mean, everyone around the world was like, this is a skid mark on the pants of America at yeah. this moment. You know, and all the democratic nations, I mean, Boris Johnson, Angela Merkel, all these people are saying. I mean, even Boris Johnson said it. it's not yeah. acceptable. I guess before we get more into the uh, Guy Fox, you know, which is bonfire night now, I just want to read the, the poem really quick. Yeah. And then we can, I want to hear some of your thoughts, Ello. But yes. so the poem is Remember, Remember. Immortalized in this nursery rhyme, the gunpowder plot is introduced early into the young minds of children throughout the UK. There's like a nursery rhyme mm. in a way, which I mean, of course, a lot of nursery rhymes are dark in origin. Yeah. But okay, so this is the poem. Remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. We see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Guy Fox, Guy, twas his intent to blow up king and parliament. Three score barrels were laid below to prove old England's overthrow. By God's mercy, he was catched with a darkened lantern and burning match. So holler boys, holler boys, let the bells ring. Holler boys, holler boys, God save the king. And what shall we do with him? Burn him. So, I mean, of course, the song is, or poem, sorry, is saying treason. This should never be forgotten because this was bad. Yeah. But then bonfire night is like. The funnest night. Yeah. I mean, both my bonf- three, my three bonfire nights in the UK have all been all over the place because I was in Poland the first year. Mm. So I miss it. Last year, I didn't celebrate it. I don't know why. I think in London, it didn't seem like as big a thing. Yeah. And then this year, because of the lockdown, you know, there were no bonfire pyres to go to. I mean, there were a crap ton of fireworks in my neighborhood. But other than that, but it's, yeah, it's like a fun, festive night. And the students at my school were super excited. They loved that day. Mm. And like, they know of Guy Fox, and they know that it's like... Not good. Not good, but it's still linked with this like fun day because it because it wasn't successful yeah and arguably what happened on Wednesday wasn't successful but it was a fucking lot more successful than Guy Fox I would argue yeah I mean these people were like they broke into Nancy Pelosi's office took off the name board like we're reading her emails and it's like these people would lose their fucking shit if someone did that to their private space at their office. Yeah. No, it was honestly, like, insane. Yeah, it just... I, I mean, I don't really... I feel like also it wasn't even as aggressive as, aggressive as, as like, um, what you imagine, like, domestic terrorism to be like. Because mm-hmm. it, it was kind of insane. Like, they had no plan. Once they got in, like, they just roamed around and did fuck all. Yeah, and were, like, taking things. And, I mean, they were, it's like... It's disrespectful. It just seemed like rude kids walking around, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, like, they... These places that are kind of, like, sanctified in America. I mean, the, this is the house yeah, of no. democracy. Yes, yes, no. And, of course, obviously... Yeah. Like, it, it just felt, you know... For like it's just it's just ridiculous. Like, what was the aim? I think it was just like a political statement. But the thing that's problematic is that a lot of these people on their social media or on Parlor, the um, website that they've used to like far right website to have chat rooms and stuff that's not as moderated, which yeah. is now being let go by Amazon, Google, and Apple, and so will like struggle to survive because those are the platforms of. apps and everything but I mean they're even turning on their own party because Pence said that he's going to attend Biden's inauguration on January 20th these people are saying like we need to take it by force everybody arm up grab your guns shoot Pence first and it's like yeah it's lots of things are wrong with that and but it's all just insane it's just I mean 
you know, there's tons of bad things to say about Pence, but like to some extent he respects the rules. Well, and it's like when, so the 6th of January with, which is also just, I found funny because that was epiphany and everything. So I just felt like this day, which is supposed to be like peaceful, Jesus, woohoo, is like literally marked in blood now in American history. But I mean, they were just supposed to. And also like quite a symbolic thing. Right. It's quite a symbolic thing as well, what they've done. But like this session was supposed to just like ratify the electoral college count and say like Biden is 100% officially the president elect now. It's very routine. It's usually just like a boring thing where everyone goes like, I, I, blah, it happens. And this got just like. Yeah. The senators had to like drop to the ground to escape. Yeah, insane. I mean, it's all it, just insane. It wasn't like, oh, the Senate was empty, you know, yeah. and they did this thing. It's like, no, there was an active session going on. If you watch the videos, people yeah, no. are like freaking out. Well, of course. I mean, but this right. is the thing. It's just insane. Like, why would you? I saw a meme where it was like, or a thing where it was like, if America saw yeah. what Americans were yeah, doing yeah, to no, the American so, capital, so. then America would interfere with America's <laughs> thing. And it's... <laughs> And it's funny. I also, I also saw another one where, like, America, due to COVID restrictions, travel restrictions, uh, America couldn't go and, like, start a coup d'etat in another country, so they had to bring it to their own. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. I, there's another one that I saw. It's a meme, and it's um, an image from In Bruges, the film In Bruges, which is a fucking hilarious film. Really not politically correct. So if you're yeah. sensitive to that, maybe don't watch it. <laughs> but it's so funny it's one of my favorites but um there's a seat there's a clip of the movie where colin farrell's character has to escape to bruges because he did something bad and so the image is like of him with a gun to his head and then there's someone behind him with a gun to his head and it's like america and then one of the guns is americans but then colin farrell's gun to his head is americans and he's america so it's just like <laughs> americans fucking over other americans and yeah. shooting americans and america's gonna die anyway yeah. It was interesting as well because, so like, you know the 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 guy who dressed as a oh the Viking yeah the Viking guy. So he's actually originally Italian, and the Italian newspaper <laughs> was like, oh yeah, like reporting the news, blah blah blah. This guy is second generation Italian, blah blah blah, and they're reporting what happened at the capital. And then in the mm-hmm. comments were like, if this is brain drain, they can keep it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was just a wild outfit. Oh, and then the last thing that was really fucked up with this domestic terrorism, and this will be an example, actually, of the mentality of these people in, like, actual domestic terrorism. Mm. The guy wearing the fucking Camp Auschwitz sweater. I know. On what planet? I just don't understand. In what reality is that okay to just own? Yeah, I know. Auschwitz is not going to be selling those sweaters. No. They don't. They're, they're there for education, and, like, you're not allowed to take photos when you go to Auschwitz. Yeah. Like, because it is a very tragic and, in therefore, like, sacred space where you go and you feel the weight yeah. of how horrible that is. And I was reading in the New York Times articles of people who lived through Auschwitz. So, I mean, they were children, but they were still tattooed. These people were like, yeah, I was two. I was in Auschwitz. And then they show on their arms, you can still see their barcode, their yeah. tattoo. So like two-year-olds being tattooed, which I didn't know they tattooed the little kids. But they're like, this is heartbreaking. It's upsetting. It's disturbing. It's terrifying. Well, it's also kind of going, have you read Primo Levi? No. What is so that? So Primo Levi is like, was an Italian intellectual who um was jewish and ended up in the in the concentration camps and he ended up in auschwitz and then he managed to free himself and leave mm-hmm. and then he's so traumatized that he wrote both a poem and then a book on what it was like for him and his whole life mission was to you know educate the younger the younger generations on what occurred Mm-hmm. Because his fear was that if he didn't educate, then this would happen again. And his poem at the beginning of the book is basically like, remember, because otherwise, if you forget, 
this will creep up on everyone and happen again. Remembering is important. It's sacred. It's the only way forward. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, like what you see now is in these insane things, like these horrible historical events are brought to the fore as if as if they were nothing. As yeah. if like they weren't, you know, something that's affected thousands of people. Yeah. It just, in the vein that you're saying, I mean, that was such a clear, like, fact that this ideology, these groups are fascists. Yeah. Other coups that I was looking at were that were, you know, 20th or, like, famous ones that was, like, Bonaparte, Francisco Franco. Yeah. Pinochet in Chile. Like, yeah. Mussolini did the same thing. Yeah. So it's, like... These big figures in modern history that we know are bad, that are taught as bad. But yeah, there's some fucked up thing that's happening. Yeah. Where um, times are hard. Fascism is always kind of born in in moments of great difficulty. Distress, yeah. And I mean, Trump was becoming an authoritarian leader he's insane um i don't think anyone could have coped with another four years of him (laughs) i mean yeah he's people all dead i mean the fact that like mitt romney was condemning what happened on wednesday the insurrection that even mitch mcconnell said things where he's like this has gone too far yeah, but mean, Trump is still like, like no, it wasn't like that bad, you know. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, because he was standing in a tent across the way with like his kids. And I watched a video where they're just watching what's happening live and like listening to sixties and seventies pop music, watching this shit happen. And Trump's like, oh, let's like be peaceful. Let's not hurt things. And it, it's just one of those things where it's like, if anyone in this crowd was a person of color, yeah, they'd all be dead. They would have been shot so goddamn fast. Yeah. Um, I, 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 to kind of like, I guess, wrap this up, because I think we could talk about this for forever. Yeah, uh, I loved George W. Bush's statement where he says, this is how election results are disputed in a banana republic, not our democratic republic. <laughs> and so that's horrible because banana republic is supposed to be kind of like a, a slur. But I read it the first time as like a banana republic store. <laughs> which made me laugh so hard. And then I was uh, like, oh, this is like way did, more problematic. Did you see the, the Jerry Saltz thing where like um, on his Instagram, he took a picture of a Kenyan um, or I think it was Kenyan newspaper, which was like, and they call us a banana. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It was really funny. Um, yeah, and I'm wondering if George Bush was like responding to that or something. I mean, of, of course, because he's like, white and saying that but it did make me laugh because a it's true and then b my misreading of thinking of like uh middle upper class (laughs) women's clothing shop (laughs) and you know like the karens being like yeah Yeah. i need to speak to the manager um i'm just hoping you know that the transfer of power on january 20th is not going to be violent and have deaths I really hope they're going to do something to him. Um, I hope he's going to be persecuted for every shit he's done. Well, there's currently uh, talk of Trump being impeached. Yeah, but I the know. process with that and it's everything, it may not happen. But if he's impeached, he won't get the $200,000 a year uh, stipend as like an ex-president. He won't get the million-dollar-a-year travel funds. He won't get the lifelong uh, Secret Service detail, and he won't be able to run for president again. Yeah, I think like, that's no very important. I think that's the most important one. Yeah. So we'll just see. But, yeah, I just, as an American watching that, I mean, I was, like, ashamed of my country. Even though this was, like, a radical group, to watch that happen was just heartbreaking, as well as ups- like, upsetting and terrifying and emotionally draining because and I mean it's probably a super spreader event too for the virus so yeah then there's just like that on top of it (laughs) but yeah I just wanted to kind of point out that regardless to the news that you read or the like the language of how this moment was discussed is really important as well as other things that happened but like the way that 
journalists or writers talk about these events and the way that we conceptualize them alongside history is really important. Yeah. And that hopefully the examples we talked about show that this isn't, this wasn't a coup d'etat. Yeah. It was like a violent, like revolt uprising, but for really fascist problematic ideals and not yeah. for like justice and goodness. Yeah. Um, what we need more people just yes. need to be nice to one another and like respect people and so many other things. And also just follow the fucking rules for the pandemic. Yeah. Let's just make this stuff stop. It's so annoying. Everyone's sick of this. And like, don't leave your house and drive in your car to go to like the beach or something because you're crazy and home. Because if you get in a car accident, yeah. yeah, that could become a big deal for yourself and the hospital. Yes. Um, just thank the people that are on the front lines right now. Yeah. Healthcare workers, um, funeral, you know, bereavement service workers, as well as your mailman and your grocery store clerks. And your food delivery people and everyone, everyone that you're right now. And then also, yeah, your family members and yourself. It is a hard time. It's not Trump. Yeah. So any final thoughts, Elo? No, but thank you so much for listening to us. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening to me just complain and like about things today. (laughs) <laughs> Woo, modern medieval. We promise it's more normally more lighthearted than this. Yeah, not really, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, if you've liked this episode or want to know more about the medieval content on this podcast, please listen to our podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Audible, YouTube by typing modern medieval podcast you can find us on social media if you want to see what we talk about on more of a regular basis you can find us on instagram by typing podcast.modern.medieval for us on facebook by typing modern medieval podcast we've got both a page in our group where you can interact with us you can find us on youtube as i've already said and you can email us if you've got any ideas um, comments or anything at all by typing modern.medieval.podcast at gmail.com and finally twitter Yes, and then Twitter, you can find us with the handle at medieval underscore modern. We post updates about episodes coming out as well as things that we see in the news that, you know, we find are interesting or funny or related to what we're doing. It's also just another platform for you to be able to share things with us, contact us, etc. So, yeah, as Elo said, just once again, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And until next time. I'm Megan. And I'm Ello. And this is Modern Medieval, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>